on this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Let's do this. week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz and i'm dave <gasps> it's me actually i could have pressed one of our sound effects for this so uh here by special invite and command of his wife is our audio <laughs> engineer slash producer slash composer slash all things support i don't know what else you do on this week's episode of devil's trap podcast On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Let's do this. week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz and i'm dave <gasps> it's me actually i could have pressed one of our sound effects for this so uh here my special invite and command of his wife is our audio <laughs> engineer slash producer slash composer slash all things support i don't know what else you do Bye. other stuff do that. all the stuff <laughs> So uh, he graciously agreed to join us tonight. Uh, one, we thought it would be timely with the theme of this is season seven, episode 18, Party on Garth. So I feel like anytime we kind of get this trio of hunters in here, it's kind of nice to bring in someone else to bitch and jerk. So bitch and jerk. Get, get a good Arth. Who, who's the babe? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, per tradition, babe, would you like to tell us what have you been up to this week? Well, this weekend, I'm, I'm going to steal this from Diana, but this weekend we went to a car show that we've been going to forever up in Denton, Texas, Pistons and Paint. Some friends of ours put the show on every year. They get probably five or 600 cars. And uh, one of my sons bought a 59 Edsel exactly 10 years ago, and it was off the road for many years after he joined the Air Force, and he got it back on the road just in time to bring it to this show. So it's the first time... My car and on his Veterans car. Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the first so time our, our two cars have been at the same show in nine years. So that, that was a pretty cool, cool little Aww. milestone for him. 
So you took, wait, so you didn't take Duchess or did you take all three? All three. All three. Yep. That's adorable. A family that car shows together. I, I love it. Yes. And then my other yeah. son was there too. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't, but he doesn't have a car, so he doesn't count. He doesn't have a car yet, so I wasn't even going to mention him, but I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's rough over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be that kind of show, guys. I'm just preparing it is. you. <laughs> it is. Prepare yourself. Brace yourself. Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, I've had, a, I had a crazy week. Um, do tell, do tell. I got to. I got to go to the official after party for the world premiere of The Iron Claw, which is a film about the Von Erichs, the famous wrestlers. It was hosted at the theater. The, the premiere was at the Texas Theater, which is a historic theater in Oak Cliff in Dallas. And then yes. the after party was at the Longhorn Ballroom. Uh, and it was pretty rad. And while I did not meet any of the stars because I chose not to, to not be a fan of them yeah i don't know you're weird about it yeah um, no, it but didn't happen naturally it was a lot of, yeah. all the you know um you know kevin uh, kevin von eric and his um and that, the next generation of the von erics were there that is rad like if you yeah. like uh, the von eric thing especially like growing up in texas they were oh, such huge. a big deal to us and the story yeah. is the biggest like tragic oh God, i don't want to see this movie <laughs> I really don't. I've heard the movie is um, I didn't get to go to the premiere, yeah. but several people I talked to many people that did, and they said that the film is amazingly done and bring your fucking tissues. Yeah, no, like even just read like I can read the Wikipedia page of like what like what <laughs> happened to that family and just like yeah, yeah and we so But yeah. they do have they have a next generation, some of the nieces and nephews have started. So the like the last so three minutes the of the movie version. are uplifting probably. <laughs> So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and that, but you know, yes, I was in the same building as Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White Ooh, as the two big names. So Ooh, there we go. No, they were um, at your party, bitch. No, you were not in the same building. They were at your party. Let's just be clear. So yeah. Uh, so it's cool. And then, um, and then, uh, we got a new car on Thursday. Cause you're a fancy oh, bitch, exciting. right? So yeah, something like that. And then, uh, and then babe and I decided to go to a punk rock show cause we'd had a really busy That's week. That's what fancy bitches do. Like we needed right, to do. Drive your, drive your new and, car to uh, a punk rock show. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Isn't that what everybody does? No, I saw and, it, uh, and, Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And we were, we were, it's a band called Fire Sale that we have been following. We kind of we know one of the members of the band. He's a drummer. Um, he's a drummer, and he's based in the DFW area. But he formed this band during the pandemic, doing like uh, remote video practices. And so it's hard. members: a guy that was in the Ataris, a guy that was in um, uh, No Use for a Name and Face to Face, and then um, so another uh, guy that's in uh, what, Iron Roses. Yeah. Is that what it is? And then another another guy that's been in a band I was not familiar with, but he's really good too. Anyway, so they uh, they were doing their kind of like their first actual like three show run. They've only played once live before, so it was cool to go see that. And they were shooting a video, and they told everybody to go nuts, and everybody went nuts. And someone crowd surfed, and I was like, "Oh no, this crowd is not dense enough for crowd surfing." And then I got kicked in the head, which also is very impressive considering your height. Uh, yeah. That like somebody well, I, well, like. Some- 
was high. And I was wearing up, wedges. Right? Like, I well, was, I kind of did like, the, I did like the push to like, oh, this person's going to fall. Let me push them up mm-hmm. the, away from me. And then I was like, oh, their body's turning. Yeah, I better duck then, right now. Cause I'm, so I was so you, in the face. This is how you know you actually did not meet the Von Ericks. They would have taught you how to block this and you would have been like oh. smashing somebody's ass to the ground. And sure. it's a good thing yeah, that I wasn't pal, there. Pal, pal like, driver you would have seen like a little like me like running up on people's shoulders. And you're like, ah! <laughs> so at what point did you realize that it was like not just a, ha I got kicked in the neck and oh shit, I got kicked oh. in the neck. Oh no, I got kicked in the head and it jocked my yeah. head down. And that's what hurt my neck. Um, no, immediately I was like, oh, this is, I lost my beer too. It was just annoying at that <gasps> did they, point. Did yeah. they come back and apologize? No. No, fuck you. Not. That's like it like... I'm sorry. That is fit rules. rules. If you like hurt somebody, like one, everybody stops. Everybody should be checking out that you're okay. And that motherfucker should have bought you a beer and apologized. So fuck you, whoever that was. I played it off really well. I know you did. I don't think anybody knew knew that I got hit. I'm not going to, I'm not (laughs) going to promote violence on our show because no, but, but But, yeah, so that was something. And then, and then it was fine, but I was tired. We were real tired at the car show. Not going to lie because we stayed out too late and then got up real early to go to a car show. And then Sunday, while I was folding laundry, I laid down and then I sneezed. And then I thought I would never walk again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to you. So, mas- so I had to go get a massage on Monday and take a massage. I'm sorry. Uh, like, I know we're laughing at you, but I just feel like it took a while, but you're here. Yeah. You're in your 40s. Welcome to middle age with the rest of us. Yeah, wait, wait, till when, you, wait till you tie a shoe and can't walk for two days. <laughs> Or was, you tie a shoe so bad. and you pee like, your I'm pants. taking a break while I'm folding laundry. I'm just going to lay on the bed. And like Then I sneezed laying down. It was the, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm broken. How no. did I break? So, but luckily, I found a great masseuse locally that I'd never been to before. And she's awesome. And now I'm going to remember her. So, I mean, upside to the story, right? Yeah, no. I mean, and it, the, the show was great. I mean, to be fair. And they were filming a... a, a, a of music video. Oh wait, so it's on maybe video? there'll be footage, so I can find and, them. Yeah. I mean, I won't. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe they did do two, two takes. I won't. So like, you never you know, know which one. Like, I can't reverse it. No, never. Mind. I will. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. So that's that's my stories. So yeah, Liz has an exciting weekend story. I did. It was more than a weekend. It was like I I, was. I got my last vacation of the year. <laughs> which is very hard to say <laughs> just like oh shit that's that's my last vacation like i can't like i don't know, like my six weeks left in the there's year there's just six weeks left in the year i'm out of pto and so i'm just been kind of white knuckling shit here for for a little bit but yeah, i went on another cruise and we've decided that hey if you guys like we may have a second podcast where we just talk about cruises and shit because last time like diana and Bay both went on we all went on the virgin cruise together and yeah. that was the bougie fancy ass cruise and we had thoughts so this week i went on the flogging molly salty dog cruise which was on the Norwegian cruise line. We were on the Norwegian Pearl. And there are some differences between the Norwegian Pearl and the Virgin. And a couple of things, guys, like first off, like they don't have wristbands. Do is they give you these key cards that you put in the lanyard. This goes into a plastic pocket that's supposed to be around your neck the whole time. I think I had seven key cards by the end of this trip because like (laughs) You can't trust me to put something like, no, like that's just going to fall out. Like I'm going to think I'm put, especially like 
it was the Floggy Molly cruise. We were all drunk. So like stuff is just like flying everywhere. Like you can't, you can't hold us accountable for shit. Like that was, it was dope. So that, the cruise was great. We went through. So our cruise went to where? Where did our cruise go? It went Costa Maya, right? Costa Maya. Um, and Honduras. Uh, Honduras and, um, Bahamas, Bahamas, yeah. yeah. So this one we did Costa Maya again, but first before that we did Belize, which all of us. Okay. So this is also our travel podcast. At some point we're going to talk about the television show Supernatural, I promise. But this is Dave and Liz and Diana's travel adventures as well. So (laughs) we went to Belize, and this time though I did not. We typically go to San Pedro and Ambergris Key because that is we love those people, and we just haven't ventured to the south yet because we love the people up there so much. So this one we went to was Harvest Key or some bullshit like that. It's some island owned by Norwegian Cruise Line. So you could like get off and go do things, but I waited too long to book an excursion. So I was like, well, just put the cabana and like barely any people like, I don't know. It was, it was fine, but it was raining all day. So it was like not that warm and it kind of like whatever, like I sat in a cabana and I read a book and it was good. And but so then we went to Costa Maya, and the last time the three of us went to Costa Maya, we just got a cabana and hung out. So we hung out, right? That's what we did in that cabana, yeah. and uh, hung out a lot. <laughs> and so this time I was like, okay, let's get an excursion, right? The friend that I was with, he's from Ireland and hasn't like done a lot of the stuff, so I was like, let's do river tubing, and not thinking that one it was going to be rainy, and so when it's November and we're, you know, granted, you know, they're a little closer to the equator than we are here, but not that far. There was a cold front that went through. It was real fucking cold. So like you're on a river, like basically on these inner tubes and they're set on top ones. Like with a bot, at least your butt's not in the water, right? They've got like the, the, yeah. the bottom on it. The mesh. Yeah. And so we're like tied to the boat and they're like being driven like by our, our guides who were underneath like their shit and being warm and just like not paying attention to like the tourists are just like cooked to this boat and just like kind of pass along dragging me around. But at yeah. some point you get off that and you swim through this river that have like the best current and you're in life jackets. So it's pretty much like this current just shaking you downstream while you're like, you're supermaning it. Just being like, Wee! Nice. And, and that was gorgeous. But then you had to get back in the tube and I was like, no, don't put me back in the tube. It was so warm in the river. Uh, so when we get in that, and we're going back, finally, let me get through that. We go have a traditional Mexican fajita lunch, which I've never had in my life. And, and so we do that. And then we're going back to the ship. So the river we went to was an hour and a half from Costa Maya is actually the name of the port. It's not the name of the town. It's just the name of the yeah. port. So this was an hour and a half from there. And so we're coming back and on the way down there, we'd seen this nasty wreck, right? And there was this 18 wheeler. We saw jackknife in the side of the road and we were stuck in traffic for it, but probably stuck in like you know, 20 minutes or whatever. So but on the way back, it was not that it was whatever. Cause we went down there at like 1030 in the morning. So the traffic that's right backing up at 1030 in the morning had now backed up all the way like through where we were and so we got stuck in a two-hour traffic jam but thankfully it wasn't just us like there was 200 people from the cruise ship that were like stuck in this like line and because it's mexico and you know like 
sometimes people just don't follow rules. Like people are just making up their own lanes. Like, you know, we drove off like by now, like some points there was three lanes, some point there was two lanes. Some points cars would just stop and people would just get out, go talk on their phone, take pictures, meet each other, smoke a cigarette, get back in their car, then like drive a few. Like there was an 18 wheeler decided to turn around on this like two lane road. And we're like, we're going to see another one. And finally, like we see like this truck coming through, like, and it is a military truck that is open on top is full of Mexico's Marines and they all have like, like rifles and like things. I don't even know what they were because they're Mexican guns and they're just like, get back in one line. And so they like squeeze everybody back in one line and they had to because they finally got the truck out. What they did was they cut it into three different parts. So they cut the trailer of the AT wheeler into like three different parts. They hauled out the front and then like kind of the back middles and they had to get like other trucks in there to pull them out, which is guess is why it took, you know, like eight hours. It's quite okay. a project. But driving past it, we determined that truck was full of juice because all of the juice was on the side of the road and it smelled like you were driving through a damn Tropicana factory. And we like it was the most sober any of us. Orange yeah. juice. Orange juice. Yeah, and like shows are being like canceled like on the ship because there are bands like that are in like who went on excursions or in different things. And so yeah, it was crazy. And then of course like the rumors were flying. So my friends were there, like they found like they're like, Oh, you were in that wreck, you're okay. And we're like we were in a wreck so like half the crews like thought like people like got in wrecks and like it was all sorts of crazy stuff so yeah. sorry that's crazy yeah. but you had a good time and you saw a lot of bands i saw a lot of bands i met jake burns nobody gives a shit about that but me but i met jake burns and his wife it was awesome it was a good time so and i'm making i'm making dave and diana come with me next year I saw a video this afternoon of, I think it was from the cruise at the Vandals, uh, covering their Queen song that they like to do. Vandals got were really fun. There was uh, lots of very athletic moves that were happening. No, yeah, <laughs> no. So let's talk about this episode because it's gonna be a this yeah. is gonna be a long one. We may have to split this in like we may release this in two parts. I don't give a shit. All right. So this title is Party on Garth. And that is funny because it's a tribute to Wayne's World, which was one of three videos that were playing on the screw ship. So they like on the channels, there was a thing called New Movies, and one of them just rotated between Wayne's Worlds and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So that is all anybody saw, like all of last week. So That's and there are a number of Wayne's World references throughout this episode. And I don't want to say them now. We'll just bring them up as they go along, I think. Okay. So this first aired March 30th, 2012, which of note is long before Family Business Brewery was opened. I meant to look to see when that opened and I forgot to. But I know it was after this. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was directed by uh, Phil Scritchia and written by Adam Glass. And those are two of our longtime favorites. So let's just take this away. And also, we should point out that Babe has not watched this episode That's at correct. all. Nope. So I'm going nope. to have all sorts of insightful was, commentary during this one. There, was, but, there, there, happened, there happened to be a, a football game on American football to be specific game on at the time that I was viewing. But we are bringing him in as our Japanese subject matter expert. <laughs> yeah, for my yes. for my 10 months of work in Japan, I know all of it. 
He knows yeah. much better than like you know Diana. You were there for a week, right? Yeah, I'm wearing my hair, my shirt from Harajuku even in honor. It's fucking hot. It's a great shirt. And I have never been there. And that'll affect things later. So, Diana, let's get started. What's happening as we start this off? We got teenagers in the woods telling ghost stories camping. They're going to die. That's what we got. Don't go in the woods. Yeah, so which which we all obviously know. They're telling ghost stories. Somebody's going to die. And they tell the story about um, Jenny Greentree, who froze to death in the woods. And her initials are carved in this tree. And she haunts the woods. And then they hear a noise and they're all jumping because one of the, one of the kids, his brother, Trevor is a dick and shows up drunk and is going to fuck with them. He's a ginger. And, he's got no soul. You can clearly tell he's an asshole. Just look at him. And brother's all like, Oh, I'm so worried about you. Did you drive out here? You're drunk. Cause apparently Trevor also got wasted and drove out to meet them. And then, um, but he hears something in the woods and he goes to, he tells them they all need to run, but he's already been fucking with them. So obviously nobody's going to listen to him. Also, uh, why run into the woods? Run into your truck, Trevor. You clearly had no right. problems driving it drunk out there. Like get into it now and hit whatever's chasing you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Dumbass redhead. Yeah. So Sorry, we love redheads. <laughs> so he runs, he ran, he runs off. They hear a yell. And so his brother goes to find him. And he did. He has no guts. His little, his little puffer vest has all been shredded with this little, with this little fluff pulled out of it and blood everywhere. I see. No guts. No glory. <laughs> and then we kick in with an amazing song. Oh, it We've was... got that girl is poisoned by Belle. Oh, Bib I DeVoe was hoping you were going to gonna start singing it. I. Are you not? Are you not? You're not going to sing it, Diana. I mean, we would like you to. That girl is poison. No, it was really, it starts off with the You want me to do the beatbox part? No. <laughs> no, pass, you're not going to. No gonna, one wants me to do that. No, no. no. But who is it? Who is in? And what car is it? What is this car that's coming up? Uh, it is Garth in his Ford. Dave, help me identify it. And what is your opinion on the Ford Ranchero, which I thought was the El Camino? Explain to me the difference. Why? What's the difference between an El Camino and a Ranchero, Dave? The El Camino was made by General Motors Corporation, Chevrolet division. And the Ranchero was made by Ford based on the Gran Torino platform. But they look the same. They look the same. Yeah, it's a truck car. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I, I do. I, it's a truck car. Yeah. I wish you guys. I wish you guys had bought a truck car. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of disappointed. Not gonna lie. I have mixed feelings about the truck. I love cars. it. Oh, like the, the new, the like new ones? El Camino and Retro. Yeah, yeah. No, the new ones. No, I'm not a fan. That mixed feelings. Mixed yeah. feelings. So it's Garth, and we're excited. And uh, he strolls up, trying to act all smooth, to two young women who were two of the campers, and in his aviators, and he's gonna. And they're totally mocking him until he flashes his U.S. Marshals badge. But um, and they basically try. He and then the they're just trying and to then they're question two teenage girls. And, and then like he hard he hard harasses teenage girls. Like, anyways, no, <laughs> I love him not. so they much. Just, though he's so go, hot. Like, is he like is just like he whips that badge out and he's like, I'm in charge. Like, it's so good. 
Sure. Well, they do the teenage girl thing and talk over each other. And then they, and then he finally gets them to talk one-on-one and they're like, Oh yeah, it was Jenny, Jenny green tree. She died in the woods and is buried in the town cemetery. So he's like, cool, this is easy. I'm going to go solve this case. Cause I'm a hunter and I'm going to go to the cemetery and dig up Jenny's body and salt it and burn it and say, you've been garthed. <laughs> I love him. He says it. And then poison starts again, and we get a slow-mo walk away with fire in the background. It's pretty epic. It is so epic. Poison, poison. Like that? Is that what you want me to do? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're welcome. It's driving me out of my mind. That's why it's hard for me. Okay, we can't afford any more more past that. Stop, stop, stop. That's right. Under 15 (laughs) seconds. Under 15 seconds. (laughs) Uh, so Ryan is Trevor's brother. And so now he's drinking alone in his pickup truck with a gun because he wants to go hunt whatever killed his brother. It's not a Wesley. Setting the scene yeah. for something. <laughs> yeah. Setting a really healthy scene. Uh, because, uh, I wouldn't say like, no, but everybody drinks and then goes hunting because that's very safe. I mean, no one does that. Nobody ever. would ever do that. That's not why Dick oh. Cheney exists. Okay, so well, he he goes to, he gets out of the truck to go search and sees some weird ass chick in a white dress with long hair, and he's kind of trying to look for her. And then all of a sudden, he gets lifted up into a tree and he's dead. Eviscerated. Eviscerated. Yeah, so he's dead. But we get back to go to Garth, and he is very stoked. Some chick and he is calling sweetie and he's got his food coming out. He has got some empanadas. He's ready to fucking roll. I'm assuming. And it should be noted the Guanaco food truck that he is in front of is actually a real Vancouver food truck and it serves Salvadorian food and is owned by supernatural camera assistant, John Manzano and declared by Jim Michaels as the favorite food truck of the casting crew. So I don't know if they still exist, but they did it this time. They look delicious. I want them now. Well, He's he's hanging up with his sweetheart, apparently, and uh, about to eat. But then his police scanner goes off, and that there's an, another body. And he says, "No way, I garthed her." <laughs> I'm gonna have a I got I got a little commentary on the scanners. So and this comes up again in this episode. Is this scanner on all the time? Because if it is, it would have a lot more chatter than just when the magic one dead body they need to know about is going you know getting reported. Yeah, it so is all the time, and now this is TV magic. I know. All right. Well, it would also got... be like it would be background noise, like, and then you would like go in, like, once it went from like Pay attention, you would yeah. hear voices change from like the and then, and then all right. yeah, it's, that's it exactly my, how my, it sounds. Excellent reenactment. I felt like I was there. <laughs> right, <laughs> you just know the cops are going to come running now. Well, we now cut to our Winchesters where Sam's driving and Dean's on the phone with Meg. And now this is our one update on Castiel is that we know he's still fucked up because he tells her to let him to call if, if he wakes up. Um, and Sam's like super fucking like, hey, what, is he, what, is, what does Dean say as he hangs up on her? He's like, what a bitch, which is why I was like, Dean's on the phone with that bitch Meg. You forgot that she was a bitch so easily. I know I've won you over to her side, but damn. A little bit. So, but Sam basically feels guilty that he, like, gave, he feels like the chick from the ring because he passed on the crazy to Castiel. What? Is this a reference? reference. Like, we don't even know. Is this something he just says in passing? 
And then Garth calls, so then now they're going to go find, try to help him out. And we do learn that Garth's full name is Garth Fitzgerald the Fourth. So there have been yes. three previous Garths, which I think is important. So we go to the coroner's office, Sam and Dean in their suits, and they're going to meet Corporal Brown, who is Garth in a kind of sort of army uniform. And like, it, his well, whole it thing was is like Desert Storm branded camouflage ish, like that weird, like, I don't even Sam, like, yeah, desert, yeah, desert camo. It, it was weird. Anyway, it's not good. And his whole story is how he's visiting his dead cousin before he ships out um, or something. But he didn't even realize that these two victims were brothers. It's all terrible, terrible research and hunting work. But the coroner doesn't give a shit. He's just like, whatever, have my day. You guys, these strangers I just met with no paperwork, just hang out with this corpse. It's fine. I'll get you. I and, will, have these, and have all the files. Yeah, and I will and give you the, the files, files, this other one, too. That's cool. That's cool. No paperwork required at all. Just take them. So Dean's scanning the body for any EMF readings and it really goes off and Garth's like oh I did that but mine didn't do anything so maybe it's my EMF readers broken again which as I've been out with many ghost hunters and all of our EMF readers seem to be broken <laughs> weird uh and uh they were like they were looking at the body and trying to figure out what's going on they're like this looks less like evil spirit more like monster chow so they're trying to figure out what could have done this. And Dean's only thing so far is invisible ghost werewolf. Invisible ghost werewolf. That's my next, that's my next band. My next psychobilly band. I was going to take that one up. <clears throat> and uh, in Sam's research, uh, he asks, who's heard of thigh slapper ale? And, and Dave, <laughs> I just, Dave, have you heard the name thigh slapper? What would be your first question? Oh, man. I don't I mean, there is an answer that they have. So I just want to hear what your first reaction would be. Thigh slapper ale. I mean, it It sounds like a fucking reference, if, if I'm being honest about it. But maybe if you drink enough of it, then some thigh slapping is going to happen. <laughs> no, the correct answer is stripper or beer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. close. It's close. close. Almost there. Uh, or as Dean says, a beverage for douchebags. Which is why like the hardcore railing into microbrews in here, which is hilarious because he owns one. Yeah, they own one. So they're basically they figure out that the owner of this brewery is the dad of both of the brothers that have now been killed. So they're gonna go to the brewery and they meet the sister Marie, who is there. And she, uh, it's owned by her dad. And so she's Randy a sister Baxter. to the other two that are dead. dead. So we now dead have dead. a third. We have a sister. She's, uh, I feel, I say that like it's important. David might be. I don't know. Sibling. So, and they reference that this guy Dale died that used to be their third partner. And we'll hear Randy just totally berating the staffer there. And it's kind of uncomfortable. I mean, kind like, oh, of. Fucking... No, no. Like, I'm just gen called general strike in, in, on behalf of this dude. But, yeah, he's just berating the shit out of this guy. And she just uncomfortably goes, just like, eh, he's the, what does they call him? He's the axe man. The axe man. That's right. Ugh. They just think, so, like, it's a good, it's a hilarious But they don't fire time. this guy. No. They don't fire him. They're just he just gets scolded. But they, so Dean's gonna walk around with Marie and go tour the place while Garth and Sam go talk to good old Jim McCann and Randy the Axe Man. Oh. 
And Garth wants to ask questions like, did he have enemies, the sons have enemies? And they're like, what are you talking about? I thought this was an animal attack. And, uh, and then they're like, no, they, they, and they didn't work for the brewery. So I don't know what you're talking about, but Jim's just very upset because both of his sons just fucking got murdered by something yeah, in the woods. Yeah. So he needs to go rest. So Randy's going to hang out. In the meantime, Marie's talking to Dean talking about, she's like really worried about her dad. It was bad enough when Dale died. That was their other partner. But now this on top of it. So we find out that Dale apparently killed himself. Um, because, and he was apparently very sensitive and had had issues for a very long time. And now Dale's widow is suing the brewery be, and because she's angry, grieving, and this is America. I mean, I think that's a solid statement. But also, once again, don't go in the woods or you die. I think that is the theme of this episode. I think it's like a thing. It's like, uh, there's a, a stupid meme I saw today. It just reminded me. It's like, I'm not outdoorsy. I'm outsidey. Like, I don't want to <laughs> like go like camping and all of that and go on. Like, I, I want to love... sit outside and have a glass of wine and go through a nice little stroll and then go back to my cozy ass. Like, me. Place. Like, I yeah. love getting drunk in the woods. I go running through the woods at night with, I but I also run in there with, you know, thermal imaging cameras so I can see like when the axe murder is coming to me. Like you wouldn't see me like in this like fucking like tents out there by myself. God, no. Like I was watching, there's this new movie called Ghosted with Chris Evans. It's on on Apple TV and you should watch this. See, this is how we become Amazon influencers. Uh, so, but in there, I like one point, oh, maybe it wasn't that. I was watching something and somebody was in like a tent and like this hand was coming out. Nope. And, nope. and oh, it was, I nope. think it was Velma. All right, so I was watching Velma. And so this hand's like coming on this thing. It was just like, where's your gun? It was something that was like watching somebody in a tent and I was like, where's your gun? And I remember they were in Canada. And I was like, that's why you don't have a gun. Uh, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> all these kids so, should have guns though. Like, oh, there's just so Well, the one did and it didn't help. Yeah, yeah, that was fair. But he also got drunk before he had it. Slows your reaction time down. So Randy's telling Sam and Garth that he was the godfather to Jim's kids, and because he had Sounds none of his creepy. own. And um, yeah, and then he also shares that it was supposed to be it was really extra sad when Dale killed himself because it was supposed to be a really big year because they were selling thigh slapper to a big distributor. They were selling out their small microbrewery to a major corporate distributor. Mm. And one of them thought it was great. Hmm. So we cut to a um, a blonde woman and um, making a screwdriver for herself and pouring orange juice for a little girl. This is the other. Um, so uh, uh, this is it's another member confusing. of the McCann like, family. They're not explaining this is who the members of the Mac- no, but they're members of the McCann family. That's what we know that they are. That, because Jim shows up, there. and we also know clearly this woman is a bad parent because she did not smartly put her vodka drink in a different color glass than what she was juice. like putting her other child's drink in. If you put yeah. vodka in there, you put, you have to mark it like. Yeah, the mommy juice cup has to be separate. Exactly, it should like for all. It should actually just say mommy juice on it, right? Like your kid knows. I mean, I've, I've definitely bought a mommy juice cup for someone before. <laughs> so yeah, labeled. Uh, yeah. So the little girl accidentally takes a sip of the wrong drink, and she knows right away. She like makes a face and like, oh my gosh, and like hands it, you know, and drinks her regular orange juice. I also love the girl's reaction. Like she's not surprised at all that there's vodka in this cup. She like drinks it. And she's like. 
oh no and then like like i get you girl like i have those parents i'm here like you're just like we well, just don't talk about this like i just put this drink back it's sip. like 10 o'clock in the morning mommy's got some juice it's it was probably well vodka too you know, it's not if you're making a screwdriver for yourself, like in the middle of the day. You're not or, using kettle one. Yeah. When you do that. <laughs> Shit, rough. Well, the little girl is tipsy AF from this sip. For one sip, and like which means like <laughs> it was a very strong. Not, not more vodka. The ratio of vodka to orange juice must have been something. Uh, so. She's like telling Jim's there and he's asking what she's drawing and she's just real giggling, but she looks up and she sees a shadow thing down the hall. And so she does real creepy kid shit and like goes and looks and like chases the shadow around. It's real weird. And then anyways, yeah. I don't know. And then eventually, yeah, and then eventually... Mom, the mom is making a sandwich. The creepy chick in the long white dress and the long black hair standing behind. Yeah, so mom, the mom can't see the ring girl. Not just mm-hmm. I'm calling her the wrestlers. The fucking ring girl. The, ring the mom girl. cannot ring see girl. the fucking ring girl, and but the child can. And then the child does like this real creepy, creepy pointy thing, like and she point points there. at it without saying shit. And like, use your words. Use your words. Yeah. If there is a scary yeah. chick, like bitch behind me, like you tell me. You don't just point. Yeah. No, it's not, not, it's just, it's just rude and terrifying at that point. Um, so, and then, um, the mom turns around and the ring chick reaches through her back and pulls her guts out and she did. But the, but the dad or Jim and the, the little girl's the only one that can see the, 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 the ring chick. Nobody else can see what's happening. How fucking terrifying would that be? You just see someone's like guts get ripped out with nothing holding onto them. Ugh, Scary. So I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Zero stars. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I was going to try to share with 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 Babe a picture of the of the ghost of the ring chick, but yeah, there we go. Yeah, so we cut from that to our trio walking into this motel, which Garth got because he wants a hot tub, hot 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 tub he wants a, he wants a hot tub because you want to relax when you get down with a sorry I'm like, i can't use words anymore so he got this motel because the hot tub which is what you want after a long day at the office yeah with in a room that you're sharing with two other people two other dudes um, Nice. Two other dudes and the hot tubs in the middle of the room, not in the bathroom. Nice. Just to be clear. Yeah, I've had some rooms where I've had that happen. I'm like, why is this tub in the middle of the room? What, what do you think? I, uh, it's weird. It's weird. And he feels really bad for the brewery dudes with their kids getting ganked by an unknown freak. So bad. So bad. He says. Anyways, uh, so Dean is just generally annoyed by microbreweries and makes that very fucking clear. And I kind of am too, but then it's also, I don't care that much. So, yeah, but then also because of this, he does the exact thing, the same thing. Yeah, he takes a swig of one of the beers and then he's like, that's really good. God damn it. Like, he has to like it. And which is yeah. like, yeah, you know, sometimes you say, I don't like these things because, they're, you know, I want to be reverse snobbery about them. But sometimes artisanal things taste really good. But I'm just not into good beer. I know this. Yeah, so, so that's do, you like, you do you like shitty, I like garbage you like shitty garbage beer? I do. It's okay. So Garth's like chugs his beer Impressively. and starts burping and giggling. And he's already drunk. Yeah, of course but. he's drunk. He, he drank an entire beer. 
One whole beer. And, but he doesn't drink beer because it mess, messes with his depth perception, especially when he's skinny dips. Oh, well, Sam's dug, done some digging and we figure out Dale, the dead partner, left two we left the company two weeks before his death. And so maybe he didn't want to sell and maybe he's the angry spirit. And then all of a sudden their scanner goes off once again, just it's been silent. And now all of a sudden the scanner goes off and there's some a body of the extra for that app. Like it's just an, an extra subscription thing that on there. Like, okay. So now they go to the McCann residence and then uh, Sam's going to stay back while Garth and Dean go. Hmm. Huh. And they want to try to get this little girl to talk because they're convinced she saw something, but she's just not, she has no interest. She does not want to say anything to anybody that, you know, to, especially to Garth and Dean. And they agree to leave their child with these two unidentified men. Two unidentified, strange, you know, middle-aged dudes. It's like, I'll leave my my young girl with you. That's fine. Oh, like, and then Begar was like, this is great. Like, my special lady has twins. Yeah. So apparently his girlfriend has kids. And Garth pulls out. Mr. Fizzles. Mr. Fizzles is not a. That, that sound, as someone who didn't watch that episode, pulling out Mr. Fizzles has a kind of has a tone to it. <laughs> it's like the fish fizzle. It's a sock puppet. He's a sock puppet that Garth has had in his pocket, and he pulls it out, and Mr. Fizzles is going to talk to Miss Little Tara. And Dean is. Not incredibly amused. unimpressed with he's unamused Mr. Fizzles and he doesn't understand but Tess however being a child likes Mr. Fizzles because you know yelling at a child to get answers sometimes isn't the best approach yeah mm. or scaring them into talking Go figure. so she tells them she tells them it was a monster and Mr. Fizzle believes her and then she clams up at first but then she admits that she had a grown up drink and it was an accident and she's afraid that these they're going to arrest her. So they, because she had a, because she, she drank because, and that's why she wasn't telling the cops because she thought that she was going to go to jail because yeah, she drank grown up. She grew up grown up drink. Um, Sam is visiting Dale's widow, and she's like, "Yeah, no, Dale was awesome at brewing. He traveled the world for the best ingredients, and he was the partner." And I'm furious and I hate them. They left him behind. And even then, like she knew that he, that he wanted to forgive them. So she, he, so Dale sent a gift to them to let them know that he forgave them. And I think that everything she says is completely righteous. And I love her. She's standing up for a man. She's like, these guys fucked her, fucked him over. I don't care anymore. And so sorry. I clapped to the mic, but (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be like this makes really sense, but you know, what's you know, what does this bottle of sake mean? Why is it being yeah, so it's nice? a big bottle of sake, and it was a big, gorgeous box covered in writing, but he wouldn't let his wife touch it. And I immediately go, God damn it, it's a cursed bottle of sake. Suck it, suck it, suck it. There's a like I was telling Diana, there is a Japanese like folk metal band, but on Spotify they don't listen who they are. Like they just say like Saki by a Japanese folk metal band. I'm like, I need to know who this band is. And I couldn't find it, but they have a great song. Saki, Saki, Saki. Yeah. So uh, back in the car, Dean and Garth are talking about why they can only sometimes be this monster can be seen. 
and uh, Garth makes a reference to mutants, but Dean is the one that pieces together the alcohol connection. It's so, a monster you no. got to be drunk to see. Oh boy. Yeah. Mm hmm. Said, cool, but also hard to fight. <laughs> That's a valid point. Huh. So, I don't know. Response, like, I have been in, like, I, allegedly I, I fights when I was drunk. And I will tell you that I fight just as good drunk as I do sober. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, Dean takes a swig of his flask and, uh, you know, uh, he's like he does. And um, I, Garth says that he only drinks wine coolers. But uh, Garth does ask about his, quote, grody flask, which, uh, which Dean explains was Bobby's. And he asks, Garth asks if Bobby has been riding your wave. So he's asking if Bobby's hanging around, his spirit's hanging around. And Dean's like, nope, shutting the shit down. Nope, we did a hunter's wake. There's no fucking way. And they're in, and Garth's like, well, my cousin got stuck. And there's ghosts in India and they cremate everybody. And they but also flash back to the, during this, they flash back to the EMF that like went off earlier. So you mm -hmm. see that by the flask too. And that starts like putting like things together. It's our little hints. So... Sam calls, and so they're all going to meet at the brewery. Where when I say meet at the brewery, I mean they're going to commit a breaking it B and E at the brewery, which is what they're doing. They're breaking it's in. fine. They're hunters, and in that you know, well, it also just looks like a warehouse too. But it's like a brewery warehouse, so like sort of like Diana yeah, space, you know, warehousey. Yeah. So they've got, um, you know, Sam and Dean find this wooden, they go into the office, they find this wooden box with this bottle of sake inside of it, and the wax seal on the sake is broken. And Dean notices the camera in the corner of the office. <laughs> God, I love paranoid people. And Sam now knows how to pull up all the camera access. So he's like, yeah, we're no, going to really rewind. Sam is and... just like, it's my, like, he's almost like, it's my turn. He was like, do, do, do. Yeah. I just learned how to hack into a security camera. And then he's like, we're live. I'm the new master hacker. But they're, they're going to rewind and see who opened this damn bottle. And guess who? It was good old Trevor. When Fucking redheads. Trevor, I'm teenage, sorry, love Teenage heads. Trevor broke into the office and wanted to get loaded before he went to go bother his brother in the woods. And he did that with the sake. Kids always pick the dumbest drinks, right? Right. Oh, my God. We drank so much of our, so many so things. Midori because we didn't melon know what anything and... in that liquor cabinet <laughs> was. Like, you know, you had to, like, try them all to learn that they all taste awful. Yeah, you learned that a two-liter bottle of wine probably isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially if it says, like, fermented, like, what does Mad Dog call itself? Wine? Like, for <clears throat> something wine. Um, oh, oh, damn God. it. That's not, that oh, shows that we, oh, like we the... drank too much Mad Dog and Thunderbird in our... I never drank that, but uh, okay. Wine, wine liqueur, I don't know. God damn it, it's not fermented. Yeah. Like, there's a word for it. Is it fortified? I don't know. Malt liquor. It's malt, know. Yeah, malt liquor uh, is definitely one of them. So so they realize that they can't see what the fuck the monster is still, so they have to start drinking. So they just start fucking drinking the out of this little mini bar in this office. It's getting fucking no, loaded. No, 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 not the, the mini bar, the bar. 
like it's not a mini bar this is a full ass like also i mean it's at a brewery like breweries you're allowed to have this in your office like it's a madman level of liquor in this office and they're just drinking straight up whiskey and just like downing it and like their livers like like they're like where's mr fizzles and just yeah there's there's the shots are going down and then suddenly in the rewind of the footage they get drunk enough that they can see the ghost monster chick, as I call her, a.k.a. the ring chick. The ring girl. <clears throat> and she's freed from the box, and she follows Trevor. And they're both drunk. Sam and Dean. So, they pour a little more. But right when they're about to have another drink, Randy shows up. And guess what? Randy's pissed because these two guys are sitting in his office, broke into his brewery, sitting in his office, drinking his booze, watching his security cameras. Like you do. I mean, but... <laughs> and they're like, but no, we got a good reason. And then he gets tased by Garth. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oopsies. So now Sam and Dean have to drink coffee. And they've got this sake box. Or Dean goes to meet up with this Japanese chef in an alley to have him interpret the text on this box. <laughs> yeah, so they are very lucky that in this Kansas restaurant, there is actually a Japanese guy at the sushi restaurant. It's not just... a uh, Pablo San, like is it? Yeah, because the last time when Dave and I went, Dave and I went had sushi a couple weeks ago, and it was phenomenal for the record. Everybody. However, <laughs> it was a very, a very non, yeah, very non-Japanese, traditional. Yeah. But so I, I also had a, a we on the ship. We had teppanyaki. And our teppanyaki chef knew if it were hibachi for the like, you know, they got the Benihana dude. Uh, he said he was, there was somebody who was from Pennsylvania and he was like, oh yeah, I'm from South Philly. And he's like, South Philippines. And I loved him. That is funny. Well, he said like, look, it's kind of like some eye for an eye kind of thing. Asked if they're superstitious and says that this bottle contains a shoujo. Well, he's, is- he asked them if they're superstitious as he shoves this box back in them. He's like, are you superstitious? <laughs> yeah, you take, you take this. You take this because the bottle contains a shoujo, which is an alcohol spirit. It's an old myth and they are not friendly. They're not known for being friendly. So what are they known for? I bet we'll find out during lore. Okay, so real quick. So this is from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain, but it seems to track. A sojo is Japanese readings, I guess the interpretation for the kanji, for the word shingshing, or in its older form, shangsheng, translated as live lively. It is a mythical primate, possibly related to an orangutan species, which sounds awesome. In the West, it is sometimes associated with a sea spirit, known for its red face, hair, and love for alcohol. However, the concept of shoujo as a sea-dwelling spirit likely originated from the fictional no play in tldr no is like super fancy japanese theater like one time ago like it was very cool when i was like a theater major i thought i wanted to learn all things about this but yeah so there was a play called shoujo and in that it was based on a mention of an orangutan like creature who liked to drink liquor which drunk monkeys everybody always loves i've seen all every kung fu drunken monkey movie we all love them, right so in this episode though the features of the shoujo align more with the onryo 
and Onryo, I cannot pronounce Japanese. I listened, I watched so many videos on how to say this, but one, Japanese is very specific in its pronunciation. Two, I have the memory of a hamster. So I apologize. Dave, Dave's pretty good at his, Dave's, Dave's, Dave's pretty good at his. Uh, so Dave, can you solve this so. word? How would you pronounce it? All right. Where is it? I'm looking. It is the paragraph right above, you know, so it's the paragraph before that we start. Oh, so the, the Onryo. Onryo. On, the Onryo. Yeah, if you have the line over the O, that's the emphasis word. So Onryo. Onryo. Yeah, I was watching something that was talking about like the length of time for each of the madras, and it got, and then I just got confused. So, anyways, I'm just going to say it badly, or I don't have to say it all because it doesn't really come up in this word. So, that word translates as vengeful spirit or wrathful spirits, and TLDR and them, they are basically vengeful ghosts, right? There are things that were done wrong to them in life, particularly they are generally women. Was, oh, you know, so what? You know, women were abused or mistreated, and this was like their only thing they could do is like, fine, you can fuck me over my life. I've got no power, but fuck off, bitch. I'm going to haunt your ass. So think the grudge, think the ring, you know. Yeah. So to learn more about them, though, we are going to tell the Japanese folktale of a promise broken with the help of Babe. So this version is adapted from a Japanese miscellany by Lafasadio Hearn, a Greek dude who really liked the Japanese and became a Japanese citizen at some point. So this is a collection of essays about Japanese life, folklore, and superstitions. Uh, for times, uh, I paraphrase things. We're going to keep Hearn's dialogue, but the rest is just, you know, things that I wrote. Also, to help us out, though, Diana has a mission. I do. It's a very big test. We'll see how well I do. All right. So we have a soundboard set up with certain things that are going to happen during this tale that Dave and I are saying to Diana, who has never read the story. She does not know what's going on. But her mission, should she choose to accept, accept it, is to provide us with some additional music or sound effects. I'll try. Yep. So every time Diana hears the word bell, she has to give us a sound for a bell. Dogs. Dogs will be dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the word ox is the only sound effects I can found for ox. <laughs> and for a bonus to make it super extra difficult, anytime somebody leaves or go, she has to play the horses. Dave, tell her what she will win if she does a great job. <laughs> she wins stuff. Okay, so Dave is promising Diana she can buy stuff. Okay, That's this right. is not a patriarchal. She can buy whatever she wants. She makes her own damn money. Okay, so here we go. The tale of a promise broken. All right, so Dave and I will be switching off through this. A wife of a samurai lay dying. I am not afraid to die, she told her husband. There is only one thing that troubles me now. I wish that I could know who would take my place in this house. My dear one, answered the sorrowing husband, nobody shall ever take your place in my home. I will never, never marry again. He was sincere. On the faith of a samurai? She asked with a feeble smile. On the faith of a samurai, he responded, stroking her gaunt, almost ozempic face. 
Then, my dear one, she said, you will let me be buried in the garden, will you not? Near those plum trees we planted at the further end? I wanted to long ago ask this, but I thought that if you were to marry again, you would not like to have my grave so near you. Now you have promised that no other woman shall take my place, so I need not hesitate to speak of my wish. I want so much to be buried in the garden. I think that in the garden I should sometimes hear your voice and that I should still be able to see the flowers in the spring. It shall be as you wish, he answered. But do not now speak of burial. You are not so ill that we have lost all hope. I have, she said, bumming him out more. I shall die this morning, but will you bury me in the garden? Yes, he said, under the shade of the plum trees that we planted, and you shall have a beautiful tomb there. And will you give me a little bell? Bell? Part of this will be Diana learning how to stop that, too. So, yes, I want yes. you to put a little bell in the coffin. Such a little bell as the Buddhist pilgrims carry. Shall I have it? You shall have the little bell and anything else that you wish. I, <laughs> I do not wish for anything else, my dear one. You have been very good to me always. Now I can die happy. Then she closed her eyes and died and left a beautiful corpse. And she was buried under the trees with her bell and got her tombstone with the cameo or posthumous name, Great Elder Sister, Luminous Shadow of the Plum Flower Chamber, dwelling in the mansion of the Great Sea of Compassion. But not even a year the samurai's relatives and friends pressured him to remarry so he could have children to carry on the family line and honor the ancestors. He caved and married a 17-year-old, and he found that he could love this child bride. Things were fine for a week or so, but then the samurai had to leave to go to the castle at night and left her alone. At first, glad not to have to share a bed with a middle-aged man for the night, her mood changed as the night got longer. The atmosphere grew thick. Then, at the hour of the ox, whenever the fuck that is, she started to hear a bell ring. She wondered what pilgrim could be passing through the samurai quarter so late, just ringing a bell when peeps are trying to get some sleep. So then the bell... started ringing louder and she felt like it was coming straight towards a new bedchamber. And then the dogs started whining and howling. Fuck my life. She thought she tried to get up to run for health, but she couldn't move. She couldn't scream. The dogs got louder. Then passing right through the walls came the figure of a woman robed in a grave robe and carrying a pilgrim's bell. I don't know what the fuck a grave robe is specifically, but I want one. Child bride realizes, oh shit, it's a dead wife. And she looks like for the chick from the ring and the chick from the grudge. And then she did the speaking through a hair thing, probably while making those neck cracking jerks. And she's, and then the old, the woman, the dead woman in the grave robe said, not in this house. 
Not in this house shall you say, here I am mistress still, you shall go. And you should tell to no one the reason of your going. If you tell him, I will tear you into pieces. And then she vanished. The child bride was now, <laughs> was now beyond freak the fuck out. And she yeah, remained that. And she remained that way until daybreak, when she eventually convinced herself that it was just a dream or PMS. So she didn't say anything about this and went just about doing her thing, whatever that child prize thing was. The next night, though, again, at the hour of the ox. What is the hour of the ox? Yeah, fuck it. I looked it up. In Edo-era Japan, people likely used the animals of the Chinese zodiac, um, which were, I thought about having animals for each of these, but the rat, dragon, monkey, ox, snake, rooster, yeah, tiger, horse, rabbit, sheep, dog, and pig to tell the time. And so the hour before sunrise was the hour of the tiger. Dawn yeah. was the hour of the rabbit. Noon was mid-horse. And dusk was the hour of the rooster. Hour of the ox was likely sometime between one to th- one to three, but I'm very no, sad. We don't we don't have animal clocks. Can you imagine how great that would be? Animal clocks. This is like you know, what it's time now, is it? It's uh, uh, it's rabbit thirty. <laughs> it's rabbit thirty. <laughs> half fast rabbit. Meet you at sheep clock. So, anyways, once again, we got the bell and the dogs. I mean, the bell would upset the dogs. That's reasonable. It yeah, would. And, and here comes dead wife, and she is still pissed. You shall go, and you shall tell to no one why you must go. If you even did whisper it to him, I will tear you into pieces. This time she came closer, and she did the weird crawling thing they all do, yeah. and that freaked her out more. And so the next time when the samurai came home, The child bride threw himself herself before him. I beseech you to pardon my ingratitude. I don't know what accent that is. And my great rudeness in these addressing you. I, but I want to go home. I want to go away at once. Are you not happy here? He asked in sincere surprise. Has anyone dared to be unkind to you during my absence? It's not that, she answered, sobbing. Everyone here has been only too good to me, but I cannot continue to be your wife. I must go away. My dear, he exclaimed, it is very painful to know that you have had any cause for unhappiness in this house, but I cannot even imagine why you should want to go away unless somebody has been very unkind to you. Surely you do not mean that you wish for a divorce? She responded, trembling and weakling. If you do not, do not give me a divorce, I will die. He stared at his child bride, wondering how she could have gone this bat shit this fast. That usually is like a month, a month into a relationship. Was she fucking someone else already? Was it PMS? But then I'm reading this for the first time. Too. <laughs> but, then, but then he remembered he was a middle-aged man and didn't need to listen to what any woman in his household said. So without any emotion, he said... To send you back now to your people without any fault on your part would seem a shameful act. If you tell me a good reason for your wish, any reason that will enable me to explain matters honorably, I can write you a divorce. But unless you give me a reason, and a good reason, I will not divorce you. For the honor of our house must be kept above reproach. She caved and told him everything. But she knew 
Now that I've let you know, she will kill me. She will kill me. The samurai wondered if just maybe what she said was true, but then he remembered she was a silly girl and had probably confused herself after sniffing too much. Whatever silly girls do in Edo Japan sniffed. My dear, he explained, you are now very nervous and I fear that someone has been telling you foolish stories. I cannot give you a divorce merely because you have had a bad dream in this house. But I am very sorry indeed that you should have been suffering in such a way during my absence. Tonight, also, I must be at the castle, but you shall not be alone. I will order two of the retainers to keep watch in your room, and you will be asleep, able to sleep in peace. They are good men, and they will take all possible care of you. So he took off. Rude. Leaving her with two dudes who were used to being left behind to babysit the boss's ladies. They told her funny stories and made her laugh so much that she forgot she was afraid. And she must have fallen asleep, but then the darn hour of the ox came and with it the bell. Which started up the dogs again. And she tried to scream, but she still couldn't do that. She ran to the dudes, and they were just staring at each other over their game board frozen in place. And now her voice came out, and she screamed at them, and she slapped at them. She was like, wait the fuck up. And they did nothing. And afterwards, they claimed to have heard the bell. And the dogs. And even then, they felt the attempt to shake them awake, but they just couldn't move or speak. And then they blacked the fuck out. The samurai returned at dawn, entered his chamber to find child bride's headless body in a pool of blood. The guys were still stuck in their sleep thing, but came back to consciousness, and they too saw the headless corpse of the child bride, not given a name anywhere in this version of the folk folk tale. But the head, where was her head? It was nowhere to be found. And if you looked at her neck, it was obvious it had been torn off. Gross. There was a blood trail <laughs> and three men followed it into the garden and they saw her, the dead wife, hair all scary like and on one and in one hand a bell and in the other hand the dripping head. For a moment they just stared, then one of them probably screaming something like not today, bitch, or maybe some kind of Buddhist incarnation. <laughs> ran at her but instead of fighting she crumbled into a pile of grave rags not as cool as a grave robe and the bell went uh, rolling clanking as it went all that was left of great elder sister luminous shadow of the plum flower chamber dwelling in the mansion of the great sea of compassion was bones and that fucking hair except for her right hand it still gripped the bloody head of the poor she don't get a name child bride the end or was it because now serious child bride gets to be the next one right because now she was wronged right so that's how this goes i think so yeah yeah so that is the tale of a promise broken thank you babe for that wonderful i think you you were an excellent excellent bell ringer and stuff so dave tell us what she's won (laughs) you have won more stuff (laughs) all right so let's get back to garth and whatever the fuck he's doing 
Yeah, because now we're at the motel and Sam and Dean arrive and Garth is doing Tai Chi on the patio while Randy is unconscious in the hot tub gagged with a bag on his head. I've had that night. <laughs> Not a good scene. And they explain that the shoujo is the Japanese booze monster. And so Sam's going to go research also to figure the out how of, to kill That's it. the name of my next album. Japanese, Japanese booze, monster. booze monster. Yeah. I think that's what they called me when I worked in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no, they called you American booze monster. <laughs> that's right. I was an honor, honorary Japanese honor, booze monster. Honor, American booze monster son. That's right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. So yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. So they're, they're talking about, they're like, but there's gotta be a way to fucking kill it. That's the biggest thing. And they would be seen around. Um, they used to, they were frequently seen around Japanese breweries and they can, you know, they, they can be, their will can be harnessed with the right spell box. So well, basically, the basic what he's saying is like these people, these bitches like to hang around places where dudes get drunk, yeah. and then if you get drunk enough, you can take one, you can attach to it, attach it to a bottle, and use it as like your drunk ammo. Yeah, and you can just point it at people. And I have known projectile vomiting women that you could do that with. And turn them drunk women, get them, get gross. them drunk enough, and it's like that's crowdy. But yeah, all of this isn't isn't great. So they piece together like, look, the baby Dale was intentionally punishing his pals. The widow told um, told them that, you know, the brewery was Dale's baby, and they didn't have their own children. So the equivalent would be to take the partner's kids. So that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So like, so they had kids. He did it. So yeah. the, the brewery was his baby, and so yeah. like he was like, I'm gonna kill your babies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Dale Dale's baby was the brewery, so it says he didn't have actual children, so and Randy didn't have actual children, but Jim did, and Randy was real close with Jim's kids, so just kill those kids. That's real fucked up, man. Like real fucked up. But as Shojo is killable with a samurai sword that's been consecrated with the Shinto blessing. Great. Oh, convenient. And now they need to go guard Marie because they think she's the last target standing. She's the last, you know, the last kid alive. So, yeah. Um, Garth asks, though, again, asks Sam this time if Bobby is haunting them. And Dean shoots this shit down. Sam is straight up. Look, I tried to contact him. I got nothing. So. Yeah, he pulled out a talking board and everything. So now, like, Sam has got talking to dead people down flat. We don't know, like, when this, but now it's just a skill. Like, he wants to talk to a dead person. He just whips up his talking board. Yeah, he's going to go for it. Uh, So with Randy's waking up in the fucking hot tub, and this is, like, the dumbest shit. Like, I don't, like, what was fucking Garth thinking? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know, there's also a scene that was cut from here where, like, th- this entire thing continues on longer than it was. But, so, basically, Garth's got him in the hot tub, and he starts grilling him and wants to know, when's the last time you gave anybody three chances, Mr. X-Man? Yeah. And basically, we figure out that he doesn't give anybody three chances, but the guy we saw him berating at the beginning of the episode, he did give three chances to. So they figure out, so they, Garth figures out that that's... His name is Slacker Janitor. That is just what I've named him. Slacker and Janitor. they don't give him a name, so that is what you call him for the rest of this episode, Slacker Janitor. Well, that's Randy's son. That Oh, 
that he that the that he had with his secretary with a woman who used to be his secretary and she doesn't want Randy. him involved in the kid's life. Ew. So you <sighs> fucked your secretary, you knocked her up, and then like you didn't take care of the kid and you just gave him a job in your factory as a janitor. Yeah. Well, it's a piece of shit. The mom made him promise not to tell the kid, blah, blah, blah. No, this was, no, Baxter, you're a piece of shit. So now he's working at the brewery right now and nobody's keeping an eye on him. And of course they've got, you know, Sam and Dean are off worried about Marie. So good old Garth packs up his emf reader and some bottles of mini booze and goes to the to the two brewery emf readers huh he packs up two emf oh, two readers. yes and goes to the brewery with with the bottles of mini bottles i do think it's interesting he does throw the handcuff keys into the tub with randy and says uh if you care about that kid you're not going to call you don't call the cops yeah so that he can try to go save him. But like Randy's like hearing what the fuck what the fuck story is like this is so bizarre. Would you not call the cops if you got told this? No, you definitely call the cops. I don't know. Like if somebody calls like also like knows all these secrets about me and the, like the secret love child that I fathered, I probably would just stay in the hot tub and drink. So we go from that then to Garth calling Dean. Right? Is that where I get what I'm missing? Well, we've got first we've got Lee, who's the kid, the the slacker janitor. His, his name is Lee, and he's cleaning windows, being watched by nope, the show. His name is slacker janitor. He's, the shojo is there, <laughs> so we know that he is the target. Okay, and and we've got <laughs> and we've got good old Dean in the alley with the Japanese chef again. With a he's got he's got a samurai sword, and this poor Japanese chef is uh reading the shinto blessing while they pour spring water from a bottle of water onto the sword because he needed a running stream yeah at least he didn't pee on it that would have been the other option for a running stream this poor japanese guy moved to kansas to get away from people asking him to do shit all the time and then (laughs) No, they're just, they're giving him money. He's not getting, he's just doing, they're throwing him cash for this the whole time. Yeah. This is when Also very good that he can read whatever ancient form of Japanese is written on the shit. Well, is that, I mean, Japanese is pretty, I don't know, is it changed that much? Oh, Dave, you are a Japanese expert. How have the Japanese kanji changed over time? I don't know. Um, no, it's. I was going to make something up that it's it's based on Chinese characters, which yeah. is partly true, and then it evolved into sort of its own, and there's a little bit of overlap, but several thousand years old. I'm sure it's been through some iterations, but sure. not too many. So, in other words, I don't know. <laughs> well, this is when Garth calls to tell Dean that Baxter has a secret love child, and Garth is real drunk and already at the brewery. Yeah, if you got drunk off of one beer, like imagine what all these mini bottles oh, are. To be fair, DJ Qualls said he did live in New Orleans at the time of this, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm a very expensive drunk. That's funny. Well, I appreciate that. Sam's trying to just keep an eye on Marie at the bar, and nothing's really happening. And trick is he has to have drinks because he's got to be able to see the fucking monster if it shows up to get her. Back in the brewery. Garth is That's why he's fucking sure. drunk. And he sees the show, Joe. He sees Lee. He tells Dean, hangs up the phone, and he's trying to get Lee out of there and says, uh, come with me if you want to live. 
line. <laughs> and Dean's calling Sam, asking if he's sober enough to fucking drive. And I'm just like, seriously, would a Winchester actually ask that or care? Never asked that before. Y'all are pretty hammered all the time, I am sure. There's a lot of drinking in this show. Not this episode. I mean, earlier, in earlier in the episode, we I didn't cite it at the time, but, but Sam literally asks Dean if he's even capable of getting drunk. Oh, anymore. we missed this already. Yeah, I forgot we missed that line. It was very valid. They drink a lot. Like how much? How much would it take to get Dean Winchester hammered? A lot. So we get Sam runs outside and uh, gets snags a cab, like snakes somebody's cab, which is not very nice. But he uses his FBI badge to do it. So. Lee is not into Garth's drunk ass dragging him around the brewery at all. He's very WTF about this whole thing. So, and so Garth just tells him, Baxter's your dad, and he screwed Dale. Dale released a Japanese monster that can only be seen when you're drunk, and now it's here to kill you. Fun. Yeah, I like when people tell me that while I'm trying to work get through my shitty janitor job yeah so i'm probably drunk and hot because there's no other way you're gonna be at a debris doing this shit right well lee's trying to process all this information but it's not really time to do that i have a dad yeah not really time to do that when there's a when there's a booze monster chasing you so do you think at that moment lee is like what the fuck why am i a janitor if my motherfucking father owns this shit that's true too processing that. and then and then like he just like sort of, like this whole story changes and he just goes after his dad to get one or something that'd be a very different storyline so <laughs> that is a lifetime version of this show well he's like doing like obviously lee's sober so he can't see the monster which <laughs> again well, he's a slacker janitor so <laughs> he's not he's not drunk let's put it that way lee is not drunk so he cannot see the shoujo which then throws garth through a window so then Lee's like, oh, shit, I better run like you do. And um, and she's, you know, he gets kind of like knocked around to Dean finally arrives. He's got the damn sword. He runs into Samurai first. Sam, he runs into Sam first. Yes. And Sam tries to help. And Sam gets knocked the fuck out. Yes. And then Dean shows up with the Samurai sword. Yes. And the sword gets slid away from him. But then it slides back into his hand. What? what? How did the sword magically slide across the floor into Dean's hand? That's weird and convenient. Hmm. Could it be something supernatural? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there we go. No, I wanted to play this one because. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, sorry, I won't stop, I won't stop, stop, stop! Okay, no, I shouldn't have these buttons. Okay, so. But Dean's sober, so he can't see the fucking monster, so Sam has to like half ass come too, so he can give Dean directions how to stab this motherfucker. Oh, and he's giving him drunken directions, and it reminds me of like every food television game show you've ever seen, where like one of the partners is like behind a curtain yeah. and has to tell the other one how to make a recipe. That is the feeling of this moment. Where Sam is trying to drunkenly tell Dean what he sees. Yeah. Well, he finally stabs this. They do a really, really fucking cool effect with the sword, like, going through, like, the invisible body. It's really neat. And then, all of a sudden, the shoujo becomes visible. It looks real mad. Then there's a big wind that blows backwards, and she screams, and then Her hair, like, she can see through her hair finally, all of a sudden. Finally, her hair parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And so they realize, okay, so Dean's okay, Lee's okay, Sam's okay, and they get Garth. And Garth, like, what did I miss? And Dean's hooray, the day is saved. Yeah. And Dean's like pretty like freaked about the sword flying into his hand. He literally turns around and he's asking, he's like, Bobby, are you here? Come on, do something. That's very sad because he thinks Bobby's good. It's very sad because he doesn't want to believe, but he wants to believe. And he doesn't know that Sam is watching him while this is happening. Yeah. So, but nothing happens. And we cut to the next day. And Garth wants to know if they want to go for brunch and Bruce. But they're like, nah, uh, we're going to cruise in our mid-70s AMC Pacer and get back on the road. So uh, uh, Garth gives them big old hugs. And, and compliments their ride and goes to get in his car and leave while Poison is still Poison! Poison! That's amazing. Uh, and, and Sam does admit that Garth has grown on him. And Sam wants to talk about it. And he's like, what? What do you mean? Calling him out on the Bobby stuff. And and Bobby and Dean Dean lists. He's like, look, from between the sword, my beer, my empty beer, the page showing up on the bed, um, you know, uh, his book falling open with the contact that it took us to find Castiel, all of these things. And Sam has a theory. He's like, well, maybe like normal people see these things. Ours are just a little different. It's a face in the crowd, but that's how we see it. And also while this is happening, while Dean's going through that list, they're cutting to the flashbacks yeah. of all of these moments that have happened. So they go through like, there's four different episodes, right? They yeah. go through eventually maybe like, all the, but I think that was just interesting. It was like, Oh wait, have you been, have you been figuring this out? But then you're like, nah, it's just grief. Yeah. And like Bobby knows more about ghosts than anybody else. And he would just become instant Swayze. Right. That's what they say. Instant Swayze. And yeah, he would just let us know. So uh, they decide that they are too hungover to go have brunch and brews. So, which is bullshit. Like that is a perfect time for brunch oh, and no. brews. There is no time better to go get some beers and some greasy food than when you're hungover. That is why I brunch was made. Um, so they they leave, but um, we cut the to camera the room, pans. Yeah, and we realize that Bobby was in the hotel room. This motherfucking Bobby! What? And Dean goes back into the room. He had almost forgotten the flask. He grabs it. And he's like, there you are. And then you hear Bobby say, I'm right here, you idiot. But Dean can't see him. Idiot. Damn it. And then he also says balls. Idiot. He does. He does say balls. And then he goes flicks. He goes flickers out. Yeah, that's it. And then Dean dries off. And so, of note, the return of Bobby in this episode was a closely guarded secret that, like, even the cast and crew didn't really know that Jim Beaver was going to be this episode. And he con- constructed this, this elaborate story through his Twitter page that he was filming some French finance film about the abominable snowman. And, the, like, he had pictures from the set and, like, all this shit in there to, like, fool people that he was coming back to this episode, which I think is baller. It's the same thing they did with Mark Shepard when he came back as Crowley. So. so Diana, who was in this episode? Do you have some casting couch? I do have some. And I don't have I was like I don't have that sound bite set up in here. So Dave can sing it. He sings it for us anyways. So Dave take it what away. Are, what is You're our muted. casting couch? 
You're mute. Dave's muted, so he can't be heard right now. Oh my god, it's like every I was muted. Yeah, it's just like it's just like a fucking Teams meeting now. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. Something, something on that show with that guy. La 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 la. Beautiful, beautiful. We got the live version today. Yes. Oh, so uh, Randy Baxter. Um, oh, good Lord. I lost the actor's name, but I have it right here. So Randy Baxter was played by. Yeah, Randy Baxter was played by the one and only Terry David Mulligan. He, uh, you may recognize him. He's been in television going back to the 80s, 21 Jump Street, MacGyver, X-Files. Uh, and had small roles in films like Look Who's Talking To, Disturbing Behavior, and Fantastic Four. Uh, Jim McCann, who was the other partner. I just have this very disturbing flashback to the Look Who's Talking movies. <laughs> like, do those, like, I don't even, are those on streaming? Probably. Jim McCann was terrifying. Played, oh. Terrifying. Jim McCann was played by Eric uh keenly side he's had been a lot of things he's in episodes of street justice x files hellcats fargo i zombie um another he, he we'll see him in another episode of supernatural uh he was noonan in the movie bordello of blood uh detect uh boyd in the film godzilla uh regular character a regular character named maurice in once upon a time and a regular character, uh, George Dean in Superman and Lois. The more recent series. Uh, Chloe. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't, I get confused about those. Oh, the there's Superman. 17 of them. Yeah, yeah. So Chloe is the current-ish one. That's one that's going on now. Um, like on television now or streaming, whatever. Nothing. It was canceled. But... Well, like up until this year, I, don't I should know. say. <laughs> so Chloe was one of our the campfire girls. She was um, played by uh, Sarah Dogdale, um, and she's been in episodes of Arrow. And she's a um, there's a pretty I guess semi popular show called Virgin River right now. She's a regular character on that named Lizzie. Chris was one of our one of the guys at the campsite. Was played by David Kay. Um, he was a uh, Jesse Wayne Rue in 3000 miles to Graceland and plays us a ton of voice work, uh, from Gundam and my little pony. Our Japanese chef was played by Casey Ryan, uh, Mazak and played funny enough, a sushi chef in the movie. This means war, uh, and had small roles in the films Shogun and Midway. He's just done a ton of work, but it's a lot of shorts. So like a lot of like, um, I don't know, like film, Filmmaker films, I guess is what I would call that. Uh, art films. And then uh, Tess McCann, it's our, our young girl that uh, saw the monster and drank the, the, the grown-up drink, was played by um, Megan Charpentier. I don't know. She's Canadian. Uh, she was played Greta in the film It. She played uh, Victoria in the film Mama that came out fairly recently and then was the Red Queen in Resident Evil. And most importantly, uh, Mr. Fizzles was played by himself. Wait, 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 before, oh, damn it. I didn't mean to cut in with the joke that was Mr. Fizzles, but I wanted you to tell me that this is like the thing that spun that poor girl out of control. And that one alcohol drink she took, like, and then you could yeah. find her on, like, Sorry. whatever happened to the child stars. Well, she and, seems like, to be doing fine. Sorry. Her party. She, she pulled through. <laughs> she seems to be doing okay. 
I'm sorry. And finally, your last casting note. As Mr. Fizzles was played by himself. So, uh, yeah. So, babe, what'd you think of this episode? It's the best one I've seen so far. I... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good story. It was an interesting story. It makes me want to watch it now, actually, because <laughs> I, I obviously I don't watch every episode. And <gasps> shh, 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 babe watches every episode and he loves every it. Every minute of it. Well, the, I can't watch it with Diana because she pauses it every four seconds, so it takes like two and a half hours to get through an episode, and I'm I'm too antsy to do that. She has a job to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a cool story. I like the I like the Japanese lore that was brought into it too. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, so Diana, what did you think about our our ring shoujo's? Well, our I girl, the, she was scary. I didn't like her. Yeah, but I like the story. It was a good story. It was a fun one. Yeah, I really. Yeah, I wish. Despite we had the plot holes, like it was real weird. Like, who the fuck is Tess really? Like, how who is she fucking related to? And who is this poor blonde lady that got murdered that fed alcohol to Tess? Like, I don't really understand that. And that was a little annoying. Like, is this a niece? Is this a daughter? Is this a granddaughter? Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and I feel like we once again kind of got that Hallmark crossover where we had this small town is being taken over and being sold to a big corporation. But this time, instead of like, I think maybe in the Hallmark version of this. The daughter, like, ends up marrying that dude that, like, was, like, or yeah, they end up getting, like, together and they save the brewery or something. Yeah. I think that's the, the so Hallmark. Some guy in a, in a flannel shirt shows up and saves the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, uh, she, yeah, she has been, you know, she has devoted too much of her life to the career of saving this brewery. And then Slacker Janitor and her get married, get together, and save it, and, and make they, it a down home family brewery. It. And it's very successful and makes all of the money it would have made if they just sold it to Budweiser. Sure. Sure it does. America! <laughs> hey. Oh, we're... Oh, anyways. Any, any other thoughts on this episode? I think it was a fun episode. Sure I agree. Agreed. And I appreciated our story time with sound effects. And Diana, I hope you enjoy all your lovely stuff that you shall be partying with. Stuff. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by... Stuff. (laughs) All right. So with that, cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. I got confused. There's too many people on here. Cheers, jerk, and bitch.